This is Harrison Boyle from your New England Free Jacks, and you're listening to the Jacks Rangers podcast. Huzzah! Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show, presented by Storm Along American Hard Cider. Welcome to episode 36. We're calling this one Brave Hearts. Excellent win at home once again for the Free Jacks. This one was by the skin of their teeth once again, but they got the job done. The winning streak extends to six. Let's get right into it right now here on the Jacks Rangers show, presented by Storm Along. Woo! Saddle up, Rangers. Let's ride into episode 36, Brave Hearts, here on the Jacks Rangers show, presented by Storm Along Cider. Storm Along Cider, real craft hard cider made in Massachusetts. All of their ciders are made with 100% high quality, fresh pressed, locally sourced apples. Taste the Storm Along difference and get your hands on some today. Use promo code TJRS for 10% off your first online order at their website, stormalong.com, or check out their locator to find realtors near your location in the New England area. So appreciate everybody listening in once again to the show. Let's talk about Phil's last ride real quick here. So what has been happening over the entire season is I've been growing a mullet as my last ride. I've been losing my hair for quite some time. It's really noticeable at this point, but I wanted to go out with a bang, so to speak. So I've been growing a Carolina waterfall, which is a mullet. What we're doing here is for the Massachusetts Youth Rugby Organization. We are raising money for them through this Phil's Last Ride charity drive that is on GoFundMe.com. Currently, we're at $900. At $500, I bleached my hair blonde. And at $750, I dyed the sides blue and red. So people have been really enjoying seeing me at Fort Quincy with my hair. The next goal for that, the next milestone, if you will, is $1,000. We're $100 away from that, guys. And what will happen then is I'm going to do some braids in my uh, my mullet. So that should be a good time. Now, keep in mind, if we do get to $2,000 before the end of the season, one of the Rangers that are list- is listening to this episode, a benefactor, which we appreciate very much, will be donating $3,000. As long as we hit that $2,000 mark before the end of the season, he in turn will donate $3,000, equaling $5,000 for the Massachusetts Youth Rugby Organization. Super excited to try to reach that goal. You know, we're a ways away at this point, but um, that would be super cool. Now, keep in mind, the Free Jacks on the Eagle will be shaving his head with me at the end of the season if we reach that $5,000 milestone. Wanted to talk a few moments about the lineup for this week's episode, Brave Hearts, presented by Storm Along American Hard Cider. We have an interview. Of course, we have an interview with uh, our Scottish brother, Kenny Thompson. We had to have him on the Brave Hearts episode, right? I, this guy is uh, the epitome of Scotland. We, we appreciate him very much. He's one of our favorite Rangers out there. So he's going to be first up. Really enjoyed my conversation with Kenny. And then we'll have Bozo Six picks. So we'll be talking about the rapid reactions from round number 10 and discussing the picks for round number 11. And finally, we'll have our Outriders segment with Dave McVeigh, who's made his triumphant return from illness last episode. People super excited about Dave being back. Uh, Bozo did a fantastic job filling in. We will talk about the Seattle review of the Seattle game at Fort Quincy that just took place. And since there's a bye week, 
unfortunately, we will be talking about, instead of our preview of the next game, we'll be discussing the midseason special, just going over some things that we discussed in the preseason. And also, uh, Dave will have his report card for the midseason, I should call it. That's super exciting. So hang on, stay with us here. I'll be back with you at the end to close up shop. But thank you for listening to the Jacks Rangers show. Saddle up. Let's ride. Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am joined this time around by a super fan of our very own Free Jacks. This is Kenny Thompson. How the hell are you, Kenny? Uh, Kenny. Good, Phil. Good, good. Thanks for having us on. This is, should be fun. You're very welcome. Uh, now, based on the accent, I think everybody can assume where you were born and raised, <laughs> but tell us just uh, just for the folks that may be questioning. <laughs> so, <laughs> so born and uh, born and raised in Scotland, a little town called Dumfries in the very southwest, okay. so right down in the border area there. Uh, I've been in the States for, I think it's like 17 years now. No kidding. How, what is your origin story with rugby? How did you get involved with rugby? So I started playing rugby when I was about 10 at the back end of uh, primary school, like elementary school. Okay. Uh, basically, I couldn't play soccer to save myself. So <laughs> the, the, the PE, the, the phys ed teacher just uh, said, go and play rugby. Nice. So that's how Perfect. I kind of got into got in playing there. Started playing on the wing because I was the one of the smaller kids in school mm-hmm. and uh, went from there and then played through high school. And uh, then I was in the military and I kept playing when I was in the military and Finished that and ended up playing in a couple of teams in the western part of London and then moved over to the States and pretty much gave up after uh, when I moved to the States. It's like uh, I wasn't going anywhere and everything was just hurting too much. Right. Yeah. We all (laughs) get to that point at some point, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm the boots up from there. So I played uh, mainly scrum half for for the great part of my, my time. So. Very smallest cool. person on the field, biggest mouth. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, let's talk about how did you find yourself in the, in the United States? You said it's about 17 years ago you moved over here. How did yeah, that come about? So at the time, yeah, I was working with British Airways Cargo at uh, Heathrow and uh, a job came up uh, in Boston uh, as a station manager, cargo station manager in Boston. Okay. So I applied for that. At the time, my daughter was living in Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, to the first wife. So I figured that was get over this side of the pond and make mm-hmm. it easier and get more time spending with the daughter. So that worked out pretty good from there. Yeah. And you've been then, here ever since. Uh, so yeah, I mean, more, you must really yeah. enjoy it. huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, also I met Barb when I was here and got married and mm-hmm. we've had, uh, we've been on this side of the States pretty much the whole time. We had three years in Seattle. Okay. Uh, and then moved back to Boston after that. That's interesting. That's the team that we're playing this week. Yeah. So yeah. how about that? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty neat. Well, what is your impression of the first full season of the Free Jacks last year? What was your impression of that? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it was. It, I would say it was raw as an organization. They, mm-hmm. they were definitely feeling things out and yes. going along. You know, it's like, you know, getting guys to change and pop up things. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much as raw as it gets. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but I, I think they're, I think they learned a lot from last year too. And it's like, they, they you know, they've got a good – they're really good at the fan involvement, you know, getting us involved in the in the team and making us feel involved mm-hmm. in the team as well. And I think that was a, a development of last year. The team itself, is, you know, I, I think it's changing with the, the coaching change. And I think that's always going to happen. You're always going right. to get players coming in. This is going to be, I'm not saying it's going to be a development league, but we're always going to get players who are coming and go, it's going to be a revolving door here. Yeah with this level so i think as, as fans we have to get used to that as well so. for sure 
at least for the foreseeable future. I mean, we're probably yeah. outside the top five leagues in the in the world, but we can probably make our way into there at some point. But we're we're definitely nowhere near top three, you know, uh, leagues in the yeah. world. So uh, it it'll just take time. You know, that's just how it things work. Yeah. yeah, but it, it it's fun being a part of it and seeing. Oh that yeah, happens. absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll kind of, uh, you know, joke in a couple of years uh, thinking about Fort uh, Union Point and them having to change. The sheds were literally tents and, you know, all that, that gravel yeah. pit that was there. Yeah. You know, we'll laugh at that sort of stuff <laughs> at some point, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, one of my favorite memories from you so far has been, um, you know, I was offering you a megaphone. Um, and, and your response to me was, I'm Scottish and I've had uh, a few to drink, so I don't need a megaphone. <laughs> I, I, I won't forget that anytime soon. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, yeah, exactly. What, what has been the best addition, new addition to this team, in your opinion, in terms of personnel on the field? Who's been the best player? I think the I mean, I'm not sure he's a new addition. I still like watching Dougie fight, you know, still yeah. that Scottish thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I love his tackling ability in the backfield. You know, yeah. it's like you, you almost feel like if, if they can, if they break through the line and Dougie's there, mm-hmm. we've got a great chance of stopping them, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, I think obviously watching Bowden kick as well, not, not yeah. the conversion kicking, but his, his spot kicking. I know, it's incredible. Uh, you know, it's it's just amazing how he, you know, I'd, I'd love to get inside his head and see how he sees a game, yes. you know, because he's got that ability to put those balls down in a in, in such a tight area. You his know, form has just been incredible this year. It seems like he's playing the game in slow mo, or like the game is in slow motion around him. He's so good. Yeah. Um, in the previous game, which was the NOLA game, of course, uh, I think somebody had said that four out of five of the actual tries that we scored were based off of his kicks, which is really Off his kicking, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that is an awesome statistic. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's just amazing. But it, it shows you how, how well in tune the team are as well with his kick. And that's obviously sure. something that they practice a lot of. Yes. Or it's, you know, it looks like something that they practice a lot of because those guys are always in the right places. Yep. You know, as if, they if should. He's such a yeah. weapon with his kicking, so they should yeah. definitely do that. Um, let's talk about, you know, we've had three games at Fort Quincy at this point. Um, so I would – it's a good sample size. Uh, what would you have liked to change about the new stadium or what have you – Well, so let's, let's put it like this. What would you like to change overall? And also, what do you think is good about the, the new stadium? Uh, I think the location is probably one of the better things about the stadium. It's so easy to get to. And if, if you're looking at Boston as being your main, uh, your hub for your fans, mm-hmm. I mean, it's right there off the red line. Sure. You know, so the guys can come down and have a few drinks, you know, to celebrate the game a little bit, get back on the red line and, and get mm-hmm. back into the city. It's awesome. You know, and there's a ton of parking around there. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and that makes it so much easier uh, for people to get to a game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if there's no too much. I mean, c- coming from uh, Union Point mm-hmm. and coming to Quincy, it's hard to say what you would change for right. the better because Absolutely. it's such a difference in the stadiums. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I love the seating at Quincy. It's, uh, yes. It's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's such a white. That's the widest aisle I've ever seen in a sports field. It's, you know, it's yeah. like somebody can walk past you, and you don't have to move, or it's, you know, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And for a fan who's, you know, when you're trying to make noise, you've got those metal, you know, the metal bits just in front of your seats that yeah. you can use to bang and, and get some get some atmosphere going as well. So yeah. I think it's it's all good so far. We we Fort Quincy, so it's absolutely. 
I couldn't just, you know, I agree with what you're saying 100%. You know, the, the, the organization, organization will continue to evolve, and I believe that they're going to be there for a couple more years. So we'll, we might be yeah. seeing some more seating in the future. If they can start yeah. selling games out, they'll definitely get some more seating in there. Um, what yeah. I would like, and I don't know if it's possible, is, um, you know, have all of the rowdy people in one section that are actually closer to midfield uh, to make it a bit more appealing for people that want to sit there and make a lot of noise. But uh, yeah. that's my only critique that I can think of at this point yeah i mean i think that's pretty that's the that's always pretty much gonna happen i think anyway i think people will congregate towards yes. people because you're always going to have the ability to to move your seats right at the end of the state at the end of the year i mean if you look back at like european soccer grounds they have the their ultra fans and they're yes. always in the yes. one area yes. but the noise just comes from that one area sometimes i think there's an advantage to having noisy people throughout the stadium mm-hmm. to keep everybody good because you only just have to hear what the chant is That's and right. that may encourage people in other parts of the stadium to start chanting as well absolutely but, true yeah for sure i consider you like a colonel of the first regiment um in terms of the <laughs> expeditionary force in my eyes you know you travel all over the place to go see the jacks play which is really awesome and impressive uh what has been your favorite away city in terms of the actual city itself and the stadium what's your favorite to visit so far uh, my favorite so far with mlr has got to be uh, austin okay uh, the, the, the people down there were just so friendly uh they they were just overwhelmed with the fact that we came down from Boston to cheer <laughs> to right. We we actually got asked a couple of times if uh, if we were the parents of one of the players. Mm-hmm. So and then when we told them no, we were just idiot rugby fans. On, on the road. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> they, they really liked that, and they they were they were super nice, you know. And the, the, that's a a great stadium and a and a great spot. Could maybe do with a few more concession stands and stuff but that's that's like every stadium i think at, right. at this level so absolutely but they they were really great and we, we really enjoyed that very cool uh so let's reverse that question what has been your least favorite city to visit in the stadium and why <laughs> uh jersey city last uh, year yes <laughs> i i knew that, that was, was coming a, i knew that, that was, was a tough one that was, i mean that was it was dry it was not in a great area and then how many drive through manhattan after the game to get back you know driving the truck through manhattan i did not enjoy that yeah, I don't I don't blame you there. Yeah. Um, the place that they're at now, you know, we were able to get down there and scout it out for one game. We're yeah. we're all going down on the 24th of April. It's yeah. um it's better than I anticipated, let's just say that, but it is dry, yeah. so that's a huge bummer for sure. Yeah, yeah. But at least you have a couple of bars within walking distance. That's correct. Yes. Gaming, where that's in, right. Je- in Jersey City you didn't even have that. I mean, it's oh, like a 10-minute drive to a KFC, oh. and that was the that was the highlight. That's awful. So yeah. And and there was only three or maybe four of us cheering for the, the free jacks that day too. So uh, that'll be that definitely was, different this time around. We're hoping for like 40 yeah. people. So we'll, that, that's uh, super exciting. Yeah, that'll be awesome. That's, yeah. You, you can make a real difference on the road. You know, if you get a good group mm-hmm. of you cheering on, it's like, it, I think that communicate, I think that communicates more to the players because mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think they're expected. So it's more of a surprise for them. Absolutely. You're absolutely right on that. So you are the originator of the kilt game. It was originally your idea. You know, you posed it to me and then we were able to spread it out among social media. It even was broadcast. I think Dan Power was the commentator that talked about it during one of the CBS games last year. Um, So I just want to get the message out there that, you know, we're wearing the kilts to this coming game, which is for Saturday, this coming week, of course. Um, Let's talk about, uh, you know, 
what is it that makes it so awesome that, you know, how do you feel about this tradition being started by you and how excited are you that you were continuing that this year? Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's absolutely brilliant to be honest with you. It's, it's so much fun just seeing the guys, you know, like uh, the American guys turning up with the, with the kilts and stuff. It's right. just, the, it, it's just exactly what the kilt was made for. You know, it's like, we've, we've gone way past the, you know, when it used to represent your clan and stuff. Now it's a, you know, there's so many different tarns. It's a fun garment. And if, if you can't have fun wearing a kilt, you just can't have fun. So right. you, know, you, sure. you put the two together, kilt and rugby is perfect match. Absolutely. For sure. I couldn't agree more on that. I'm super excited. You know, I'm, I'm from uh, English and German heritage. I don't think I have much Irish or a Scottish in me at all, <laughs> but um, I love, I love wearing the kilt. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's yeah. always nice to, you know, uh, do stuff different, you know, so it's, it's yeah. super exciting. And um, I wanted to go through a couple of one word associations with you before we get you out of here. I really appreciate yeah. your time. You're one of the best super fans out there for sure. So let's go through this with number one being Scotland. The best. William Wallace. Mm, not Australian. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Dougie Fife. Awesome. Uh, Would you? Yeah, it could be Braveheart. <laughs> okay. Um, how about Free Jacks? Superb. New England. Lovely. And the final one, United States of America. Colonial. <laughs> all right <laughs> kenny i appreciate your time uh, we're gonna say one word to get out of here my friend i know you know what it is in three right. two one huzzah huzzah. <laughs> Woo! huzzah rangers this is phil harris again here at the jacks rangers show i'm joined once again by my brother chris lynn aka bozo bozo how the hell are you i'm doing fantastic the streak's over but that's all right Hey, streaks uh, are made to be ended, right? I mean, it's it's you got to enjoy it while it lasts. And the ride was Hell good. Yeah. You had a good run, but uh, back to reality, unfortunately. But you still That's you still it. came out on top, right? What was your record I, this I week? I did, I did, did well. So yeah, okay, all right. Um, so we got our storm alongs here. We're going to be storming right along throughout the episode. I've got the tropical voyage, which is the new offering from Storm Along. Very good. It's got a, some pineapple in there. What you got? I got my wicked little wicks in again. Uh, I did this one time on the show. It's it's making a comeback. Perfect. So, yeah. All right. Let's jump right into it. I'm going to share my screen um, as we do here. Let me see. Da, 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 da. That should do it. There it is. Okay. Here so we the, go. the shocker, the one that just took place before we started recording here, that mm. ended rather, uh, L.A., over New Jersey, big time. What did what did you make of this? I got to go back and watch this one. I've been uh, sleeping a lot this <laughs> whenever I can. Got a brand new baby, so did not watch a lot of MLR or as much as I normally do. I usually watch every match. I uh, got to go back and watch this one to see what happened. But yikes! Good for us though. We'll see them after our bye, and hopefully they're still playing this crappy. Yeah, 43 to zero. Congratulations on uh, the new child. This is your first one. Um, so, yeah, yeah, a lot of sleepless nights, but I'm sure it's uh, it's all worth it. It is. It is. And then uh, San Diego and or San Diego and the Gil Gronies. This one was close at half and then the wheels uh, fell off for San Diego. Uh, I think that the West is becoming more clear, mm-hmm. as we'll see. I think it's going to be one two going uh, going to the Jabronis and the 
well, one will be Gilwini's, two will be Jabroni's, and then mm-hmm. the third place spot's all to fight for. So exciting things out West. Perfect. And then at the gold mine. Yeah, I was hoping for the upset on this one. This is where the streak ended. <laughs> Noel Gold <laughs> getting beat down by Rugby ATL. I was hoping that they had some spoiler magic. Uh, nope. They're out of gold, it seems, down there in New Orleans. <laughs> and the Rattlers come away, 34-17 winners. Not really surprising, but I was just hoping for the upset in this one. Yeah, same um, here. That They would have helped us out a little bit there. Unfortunately, still mm. having to be road warriors. They haven't won a single game at home. Is that still the case? I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. yeah. And at this point, I think that Nola Gold are just relegated to a season spoiler for the top three in the East. And I was hoping this was going to be one of those weeks, and it, it was not. So, <laughs> and then here we go. Houston Sabercats, Dallas Jackals. This one was actually pretty close at halftime. I forget the exact score, but I think Dallas was within a try. And then mm. they just came back out and showed they are who we thought they were. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To steal one. And it's 31 to six. But it, hey, they're coming ever closer to that winless battle with DC. Right. The wooden April... spoon bowl is fast <laughs> approaching. Yeah. Yeah. There will be a winner. Away. Both there, teams cannot will. lose. Although it would be hilarious if they drew. That would be insane. <laughs> yeah, let's please not. I think that would be bad for both franchises. But yeah, yeah. We're, but we're still on track for it, so I'm happy for that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, we're gonna go with we'll, we'll skip our game and then as usual. And then hey, Toronto picks up their first win at home in over a thousand days. It's their second match at home. Yes, uh, DC is pretty resurgent. Um, I'm impressed with the way they've been playing. Uh, Toronto is a good side. I think Toronto, given New York's current form, they might, if they keep battling, they could battle their way into that third spot. So pretty good performance from DC. Great to see Toronto get the win at home. And Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, DC might be back, which for a little bit. So yeah, good for Toronto, man. I mean, it's good to have their home fans witness a win there. That that's that franchise has been through a lot with their fan base not seeing their team for so long. It's yeah. good to see them get a win up there in Toronto. And I'll be up there with my girlfriend. We'll be up there in May to see the Free Jacks uh, facing Toronto in Toronto. Yeah, I can't wait for that trip for you guys. And and you share it. Obviously, you're, you're very active on the social media. Can't wait to see all the shares. I think it's going to be a good time for you guys. It'll be nice and warm. Be a good time. Absolutely. Then, cannot wait. Yep. Yeah, our game just uh, what what does uh, Josh Larson always say? He's as proud as punch. Hey, just yeah. happy for another dub. <laughs> I think the scoreline uh, doesn't tell the story of the game. Obviously, we're a little bit more clear of them. Uh, a letdown in the last sequence there. Um, trying something nifty at lineout time. It looked pretty cool. Ref didn't like it though, and then mm. they scored a nice they scored a nice try. It was well taken, but obviously way too late. Um, so I think maybe the timing of the match had something to do with their final try. Maybe the defense wasn't as Mm-hmm. sharp as it should have been i don't sharp, know yep. yeah yeah but a good win for the boys at, at home in quincy so excited for that one it's pretty awesome yeah it was great uh we also won the coffee cup i don't know if you saw those photos it was this big coffee cup that they won against seattle so i wish that was more publicized but we'll get into that in the outriders episode yeah. uh, or a segment rather uh yeah, i did not notice till later uh when they posted the photos yeah yeah but nobody knew did, about it like, yeah, right cool. until the end yeah. yeah they should have really promoted that but you know it is what it is uh, it's uh, it's a growing league right 
Um, That's let's... right. Got to wait for the sponsorships to come through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got to wait for that Starbucks uh, and Dunkin' Donuts money. Let's talk That's about right. the round eleven fixtures here. Now, this is of course a fixture list that will not have the free jacks because uh, our free jacks are in a bye week this week coming up. So, just all games that uh, most of the you know Jacks fans will be watching, but not as intently, obviously, um, as uh, we normally would. Hey, let's uh, let's take the time. Uh, what were you say neutrals? That's mm-hmm. that's the term you hey, yeah, yeah. take. Take the time to be a neutral this week and support Major League Rugby. Get out there and watch your mm-hmm. other team if you have one. And yeah, just enjoy the weekend knowing that the boys are resting up and recharging and coming back as still still going to be the best team in MLR. So it's good stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, let's talk about our first fixture here that's in front of us, Old Glory DC at home in Leesburg, Virginia against Utah Warriors. What do you think about this one? Hey, so realistically speaking, uh, based off of OGDC's current form, mm-hmm. I would I would have to pick them, mm-hmm. but I'm going to pick against. I think Utah Warriors get it done in Leesburg. Um, I got to go against them because I got to maintain that hope. I got to have something to cheer for in my neutral status for that, that winless bowl against Dallas, I believe, which is the next round. I think it's round 12. So go with, go with Utah. I think they'll string it together. It'll be a little bit nicer weather, not windy out there uh, or down there in DC. So let's hope let's see Utah over DC. More suffering for the DC fans at home is what Bozo is predicting this time around. How about Toronto arrows at home against the Nola gold? Yeah, this is going to be a long road trip um, for NOLA. I know that they're road warriors, but I don't know what the exact mileage is on this one. It's, it's nothing like a, a Seattle to New England, for example, but right. or anywhere to Seattle for that matter. But I still <laughs> yeah. think it is quite quite the haul to get up there. Um, weather still could be a little bit cold. I mean, they're pro rugby players. So this should be okay. Um, but I'm going to take the arrows at home. Um, I think that their form is, is too good. I still think that they lack firepower. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah gold has proven, especially in their match against us and Quincy that they can, they can beat anyone on any given day. I think, I think they have the talent to do so, but now too, too much passion up there in Toronto, the fans get behind them and, and the arrows take down the gold. I like that pick. I would agree with that one. Let's talk about the Gil Weenies at home against my Houston Sabercats, my Western conference, my sneaky second favorite team. Round one rematch, right? Oh, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yep. Houston opened up the season and shocked everybody and beat Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the same this time around. Their their seasons have have taken the it's the opposite path. Like the trajectory everyone thought Houston was going to take, they mm-hmm. fell off of. And then LA, not necessarily that they stole that momentum, but they're on the up. Houston's on the down. Look for Los Angeles, the last of their three-game homestand. I know that they're going to want to get it done Mm -hmm. uh, before they hit the road again against Houston. So look for the Gil Weenies to take this one. Yikes. Yeah, Yeah, I hate hate it, but it is what it is. I mean, L.A. seems to have regained their form uh, with what they were lacking on a couple weeks back. You know, their coach was talking about it It was going to be a grand final for them. I think, who was it? They played San Diego and beat them, or it was either Utah, and they really uh, corrected that course for themselves. Let's talk about the Seattle Seawolves at home against the Legion. Um, Seattle, great fans. If I had to pick Mm. a second team in the West, it's Seattle. Uh, what do you foresee on this one, Boza? So last time these two sides got together, I believe it was Seattle that ran away winners uh, up there on the parking lot in San Diego. <laughs> um, I don't think that there was much between the sides. It's, it's a pick 'em. Uh, 
mm-hmm. but you know, I'm going to go with Seattle. I think that their form is slightly better. Like, like we mentioned earlier, I don't think that their match with us, it was a tight scoreline, but I don't mm-hmm. know that that was necessarily an indicator of their strength. Um, I think we're, we're well clear of them. If we had to play them again, we don't. Um, I think that they're kind of, they're up and down hit and miss um, where San Diego has kind of been in a little bit of a decline and this one's all to play for though, too, that I think both sides should be looking at. This as kind of a grand mm-hmm. final, if you will. Yeah. Cause this one could sure. very well be for third place and all the points are going to matter uh, for this one. They're, both teams need this win, but I'm going to back Seattle at home. I like that pick. I think it's a good point that these two squads are kind of fighting it out for that third place uh, for the playoffs in the Western conference. And the final fixture for round 11 is the Dallas Jackals, the lowly Dallas Jackals in their home stadium against the high flying jabronis from Austin. Who you got? Yeah. By week for Austin, they get to, Mm. they get to run out on the trot (laughs) and play a really, really tough practice squad which is pretty much what the Dallas Jackals franchise has been relegated to yeah. credit to them though. They, they do battle. They, they play hard rugby. I just don't. Yeah. They just don't have any of the firepower, any of the defensive power. Mm-hmm. They're kind of a, in chaos and in a mess, still kind of recovering and putting things together. Uh, it's cool though, because this one's going to be highlighted on FS2. So good for both sides for that. They're getting the mm-hmm. national exposure, but look for Austin to come in here and, and easily take the bonus point win. I kind of feel bad for Dallas. I want to see that winless game against D.C. in the next fixture, not this week, but next in round 12 Mm. and being a 0-0 or zero wins rather matchup. I think that's kind of interesting. But at the same time, there's there's three or four free jacks consistently in the Dallas uh, 23. So you kind of you kind of feel bad for them a little bit in that sense. But, yeah, Um, any musings that you had to go through for these picks, Bozo, this week? No, I've just been hallucinating due to lack of sleep. Yeah, that'll happen. Um, so maybe maybe that'll reflect in the picks. And again, <laughs> like I said, I usually do actually put in some decent homework by watching many of the matches, if not all of them, all the way through. Yes. Uh, did not do it this previous week. But I don't think th- these these games were, were too hard to pick. Most of these should go the way I see them. But we'll see. We'll, we'll wait for may- maybe a week from now. <laughs> I'm not saying the same thing. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, there could be some upsets, but I don't really see that. I think your picks are solid this week. I mean, I'll give you some credit here. The past three weeks, you've been really solid. You, you were on that excellent run of unbeaten form. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way this this past mm-hmm. week, this past round. But you're still really good. I mean, in terms of other experts, quote-unquote experts out there, I think you're doing one hell of a job. Hey, you hear that rugby network? Call me up. I might be available. <laughs> Hit him up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get our yeah, boy right. Bozo on uh, the That's old it. rugby network. Yeah. Yeah. All Put right. Me well, in, coach. Yeah, exactly. So cheers, everybody. Make sure you got yeah. your storm cheers. along. Um, and we'll see you soon here at the Jacks Ranger Show. Make sure you listen to the future segments here that are going to be happening later on in this episode. All right. Three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Woo. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am joined once again by my brother, David McVeigh. Dave, how the hell are you? I am excellent. I feel as good as Josh Larson did holding that giant coffee cup up over his head. I need some of that right now, actually. I I could just drink the whole damn cup, I think, right at this moment. And, of course, that was Dunkin' Donuts coffee inside (laughs) of them. They couldn't say that, but that is exactly what was inside of that cup. Um. So let's talk about, you know. the, I think 
sorry, I think we got a bit of a uh, internet connection issue here, but I will move over to the um, Seattle Review, which is brought to you by Mass Appeal, Storm Along American Hard Cider. Their Mass Appeal is absolutely delicious. This is my favorite version of uh, the American Hard Cider by Storm Along. Uh, get yours today um, at a retail, retailer near you in the New England area. Check out their website to find that locator. Uh, I'm joined right now by my cat, Morticia, a.k.a. Morty. Um, she uh, heard Mass Appeal and ran right over, I guess. Uh, so there we go. All right. Those, so the Seattle Review. Uh, Seattle 22, Free Jacks 24. Prior to the game, we had a rain and hail uh, inclement weather situation, but the swirling winds also made an appearance. Uh, they made their presence known, um, and it pushed aside Waka's penalty kick only two minutes in. No good, which is pretty rare for Waka to miss a kick, but again, the winds were swirling at that point. The deadlock, deadlock was finally broken after a scrum that allowed the Jacks to dash forward with Waka pulling the strings, uh, getting nailed as he unleashed a great pass to the human truck stick, Paula Belencana, um, who burst through two defenders to score. Conversion is good. Uh, that was 7-0, 16 minutes in. A probing Seattle kick leads to Dougie Fife dashing through the Seattle defense. Dougie did well to draw in the last uh, Seattle defender before passing to Slade McDowell, who dives over for another Jacks try. Conversion is good, 14-0. to zero. What were your thoughts on the first 20 minutes, Dave? Uh, I thought it looked really fantastic. I mean, we're a little bit spoiled seeing this team come out and just score in the first 20 like they have done pretty consistently. It's a great way to win, win rugby games. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, just felt good about it as a setup for uh, how the next 60 were going to go. I agree. Uh, Seattle finally got on the board 34 minutes in with a line-out Maltry combo that at first the Jacks seemed to have under control, but the Maul splintered, allowing Hooker James Malcolm from Scotland, by the way, to score. And I bring that up because it was Unicorn Day at uh, Fort, uh, excuse me, Fort um, Quincy, and and of course the official animal of Scotland is a unicorn. Uh, conversion is no good though, but Seattle successfully kicks a penalty kick right before halftime, bringing the score fourteen to eight. Jack still on top. Overall thoughts at halftime, Dave. Just that um, <clears throat> it looked very good. Uh, notable that both Dougie Fife and Zach Bastris came off before halftime to a couple injuries. Fife looked like he uh, had maybe come down on a rib, I think is what he said in the interview later, um, that he just got tackled and landed awkwardly on a rib. Anybody who's ever landed on their side with a rib taking the first kind of impact knows how that feels, which is not good at all. Um, and then Zach Bastris left shoulder looked like it got um, fouled up a little bit in a tackle uh, out on the wing. So they both came off around 30 minutes or so between 25 and 30 minutes, I think. Um, so we saw some substitutions come on uh, Jack Reeves, Harrison mm -hmm. Boyle, 
Um, so Free Jacks had to use their bench a little bit earlier, especially for the back line. It's, it's uncommon to see substitutions that early. Forwards, you'll see it mm -hmm. start around halftime often, but backs usually would be reserved much later in the game. Um, so not that was a, a little bit of a you know dark cloud over the first half, just two really talented, important players going down. Hope those guys are doing well mm -hmm. um, and heal up quickly. Fortunately, we have a bye week next week, which should help things. Um, so we'll see how they stand. It's the perfect time for a bye week to get these guys rested up um, and, and get their bodies right and, and just refresh, really. I see a lot of the guys right now posting on Instagram that they're all over the place. Guys in Florida, guys in New Hampshire, everywhere you can think of is where the Jacks are, you know, dispersing to. So it's pretty cool uh, to allow those guys some rest and recovery and stuff like that. They've, they've you know, certainly earned it. Um, the next points for either team, though, did not come until 20 minutes after halftime, which seems like a real rarity for this team. The Jacks were attacking deep into Seattle's territory with a very physical and direct attack. And all of a sudden, the little magician, John Poland, uh, passes to the left side, allowing uh, Paula Balancana to rumble over in the corner uh, of the tri-zone area. Conversion is far in the corner, but Waka converts, which is really a, a really uh, difficult kick to make. He makes it look easy, 21 to 8. I believe at this point I looked over at Caitlin, based on the time that was left and how much we were up, and based on the non-scoring factor for the you know, first 20 minutes in that second half, I said, well, that should do it. But unfortunately, I was wrong. Uh, with nine minutes left, Seattle's uh, Alpetti scores an automatic seven try to make things very interesting at the death. This one kind of seemed like, you know, it kind of lulled the crowd prior to this try into it was just it was just a festival atmosphere people were talking amongst themselves you know it was kind of hard you were distracted by you know people talking or looking at the big screen or whatever's happening you're kind of missing some stuff that's happening on the pitch and there's just not a lot going on between it, it was kind of a stalemate for a lot of the uh, match and then all of a sudden seattle roars back into it to make things interesting were you um what was your thoughts uh with nine minutes left Yeah, um, you know, Seattle definitely made a game out of it. Uh, I do think there was a lot of, you know, kind of a, a passive confidence in the crowd that you're kind of calling out was definitely mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. um, and then a little bit shocked to see Toronto coming back into it. Um, it, you know, the, the I think part of it probably um a, a small element was just the wild weather the double rainbow lining up with unicorn mm -hmm. day and everything else mm -hmm. um really got the crowd really social mm -hmm. uh, i felt like mm -hmm. people were talking to each other around them kind of joking yep. around a lot more this week um and that was really good to see i don't know i guess that's kind of a little bit of a non sequitur but um i did notice it and it was it was good the atmosphere this week was really fantastic mm -hmm. Um, and so I think maybe people were, were kind of caught up in that. And then there was a little, there was a little element of like, wait, hold on, Seattle, Seattle, what? Right. You know, yeah. I was, I was expecting us to run away with this game, you know, not, mm -hmm. uh, maybe not necessarily run away. I mean, I think people respected Seattle, but yes. just, uh, it was a, Free Jacks looked, looked very controlled through most of it. I mean, and, and maintained a lead. 
Yeah, they never gave up a lead at any point in this game. That's kind of spoiler alert uh, for the end of this. But um, thankfully, Seattle shot themselves in the foot a couple minutes later that allowed the Jacks to kick a very important, successful penalty to make it a two-score game, 24-15. to There was a lot of debate happening in the stands for that kick. I know that Ranger John looked over to me, and I'm assuming he was talking to me. He, He happened to mention, I think he said, take the points or something like that, or he might have been referring to trying to go for more points to try to get the bonus point because mm-hmm. we had three tries at that point. We need four for an extra bonus point. So I'm not sure what argument he was taking at that point, but I know that obviously there was some debate about do you take the three there or do you try to go for a try to get that extra bonus point? Um, the debate ended, though, with Seattle roaring back despite Seattle's captain Hatting being shown a yellow card. The Jacks actually had an opportunity to seal the deal but an obstruction call allowed Seattle to get possession in the dying minutes. And with that possession, Matt Turner dots down an automatic try in the last play of the game. The Jacks once again victorious at home, but this win is also by the skin of their teeth, just like the last one against NOLA. The Jacks head into a much-needed bye week, 8-1 and one, with a six-game winning streak. That is one win away from tying um, the Toronto Arrows, who have the record of seven-game winning streak for the entire history of the league. What are your overall thoughts about the game and, and the bye week approaching that sort of st- stuff, Dave? Yeah, I think it was uh, it was a really interesting game. I enjoyed the youth rugby before kickoff. Mm-hmm. Both of my daughters participated. Tons of the Free Jacks players were there coaching. Uh, I mean, I mean, like a dozen or more. And just about everybody was was out there. I think they were. I counted eight Free Jacks just with the littlest kids, the like you know mm-hmm. six year olds and younger. Um, really cool to see. Really love the community building the team is doing even before kickoff happens. Game itself was great. My favorite moment of the whole game, it was there was there were a lot of good moments, but it has to be uh, late in the second half. Josh Larson was running the ball and uh, got tackled, was maybe a little bit isolated. Uh, guys got in, though, and rucked over. And who was standing on the Seattle side of the ruck but Josh's brother, Travis? <laughs> and he, uh, even though somebody had already engaged him, tra- like Josh, Travis is a very tall man. So somebody had 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 bound on to him and he was, you know, you're now a part of the ruck. You can't use your hands. And he I think it might have been John Poland who who was on him. Um, because he just had gotten in because they needed somebody to to ruck. So so forward could come and play the ball. Um, just preserving possession. And Travis just bends over, grabs the ball. I mean, it, it was the kind of it was the kind of steal that you see happen in club rugby a lot. I mean, non-steal, because the referee was like, you can't do that. Let go of the ball. And Travis did, actually, but it's still, it's all down. The Free Jacks got advantage so bad. And it's right there. I can see it. I could bend over and grab it. And, like, he had to go for it. Um I love those little sibling rivalry moments that we yeah. get in MLR. Uh, and so that, that to me was the funniest moment of the whole match um, really brings everything together. And then watching them take pictures together with their fans. I looked like their family was there. Maybe their dad, I don't know. Right. Um, looked like they were, they were 
um, hanging around with somebody and and it was a little bit of a, an event. I'm sure anytime they play each other, I would hope uh, that it is, you know, something to celebrate. So right. a lot of fun, fun, fun story from the weekend. Um, really relieved to get the win that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, we did see, you know, how lethal Lepetti was. Mm-hmm. Um, he scored that try. Uh, he wasn't really unlocked until uh, Alatimu, right, came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, as fly half uh, as a sub, uh, I could be wrong on that name, and I apologize if I am. I'm gonna Google it as soon as we finish, and then you know either clap myself on the back or kick myself. Um, <laughs> but uh, once once that substitution at ten was made, Lopetti was a little bit more effective, uh, and we saw how good he is at just dancing through the defensive line. It's really incredible, fun player to watch. Hadding I felt was neutralized very yep. effectively by the Free Jacks defense. That Absolutely. was a big question mark coming into this game. Um, do we play a different style of defense? Seems like the answer is no. We mm-hmm. just do a better job of the style that we have. So they jammed the middle. They prevented the ball from getting outside. Um, I noticed that the cohesion of the team was much better this week. Um, the way we defend, you know, kind of jamming from the outside in and kind of closing the door and, and shutting off play options. Uh, one thing that leads you vulnerable to is sort of like a, a kind of looping curving run that then attacks back inside the defender where they can't quite get to and so what needs to happen is the next inside man needs to recognize that and cross the space and make the tackle and i saw a lot of those um you know inside man assist tackles this weekend that also enables a double tackle so if that guy comes over and initiates the tackle then the outside man can come in and get involved as well slows the ball down significantly gives your defense time to line up and get set the way that they want so that they can do it again next time defensive systems worked really well in the seattle game um you know they had a try off a line out they had some sneaky runs a couple sneaky runs um that that were effective you know uh, so our defense wasn't perfect flawless but uh overall i felt like the systems worked really well it was a it was a good win i agree um everything was was really fun i think they they were very successful with this festival the unicorn festival seems like everything kind of came together they've had three festivals so far i think this was the best one saw a lot of kilts i know that you uh <laughs> you, you borrowed one of mine and i, I was did, wearing, yeah thank uh, one you of mine. Yeah, you're welcome uh you i was wearing uh my newest kilt that i've, I've got there was a 60 dollars purchase on amazon uh prime shipping so that was cool um yeah, just uh, everybody enjoyed my my new hair that I'm doing for Phil's last yes. ride here with the red and blue sides and the bleach blonde. Uh, I got a lot of questions more than I was expecting regarding <laughs> if I was wearing underwear or not under the kilt, which was pretty People wild. People want to know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The curious minds. I always just invite them to check. Yeah, how, right. How, curi- <laughs> how curious are you? Would you like to check? <laughs> I'll just stand here. You go ahead. Um Another moment that I that I had noted that that is worth a shout. We saw Vian Conradi make his return to mm-hmm. the team. Yep. Um, he came in in the second half, 49th minute. He gets a pass off of a lineout. You know, it's a free jacks when the lineout ball comes out, goes to Conradi, and Kieran Joyce on Seattle got his head on the wrong side, kind of just made a, a tackle misstep, pretty elementary mm-hmm. tackle mistake. I mean, it happens as guys adjust their line. I don't mean to denigrate him as a pay well, as a player. Uh, it's just a it's a error that 
any rugby player would be familiar with wrong head yeah, wrong head on the wrong side of the guy's body and dangerous uh, which opens yeah. you up sometimes to yep. um, getting hurt yes uh and joyce just got instantly knocked unconscious obviously hope that he's okay yep. um you know we we care a lot about player health here on the show mm -hmm. so not celebrating an injury so much as noting that uh vian conradi is back you know yeah. the physicality that he brings yeah. where you know he just he runs the ball so hard that you slip your head on the wrong side and you could be out like that you know mm -hmm. just just from the yeah. energy of the impact alone um was was pretty remarkable um hope joyce recovers quickly and glad to have conradi back on the free jacks looking forward to the impact that he's going to bring the rest of the season Absolutely. The ultimate warrior, as they call him. And he certainly is that. Uh, can't wait to see him for the rest of the season in a free Jacks jersey once again. That's super exciting. Um, also, just wanted to mention the, the Seattle fans that showed up. Broccoli guy was there. Um, also, some folks that are Seattle Seawolves fans. Matt, um, who I exchanged a team signed ball with, uh, giving him the uh, the Free Jacks version of that, and him giving me the Seattle Seawolves version of that. Super awesome. They were super cool people. Him and his wife, who made the trip from Seattle. Just awesome fans all around. For all of our experiences with Seawolves uh, fans, have been fantastic over the years. Um, just, you know, wish them well, I guess, is the best way to put it. They're, they're a great fan base, very passionate. Um, and you could hear him in the stands uh, doing his uh, seawall chant, which was, uh, which was pretty cool. So that's a long way to travel to support your team, but uh, good on him for doing that. Yeah, he's a loud guy. He's <laughs> for sure. Sure. Absolutely. I could take some pointers on uh, yelling uh, with him. Oh, also noteworthy and hilarious. Speaking of cheering, mm -hmm. uh, Jack Reeves' friends from England, they have to be his friends from school. I mean, he's 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 a man, but he's, you know, uh, uh, a young man. And mm -hmm. the energy they had, I was like, these guys have got to have been friends since they were teenagers. Right. You know? Um, they they were just so happy. They were so happy for Jack. I was like, mm -hmm. they have to have known him for a long time and just be so amped. Uh, about his rugby career three of his friends were there um they were having a blast they caught me early when i went down and did like the first huzzah they were like mm -hmm. we got to get a jack reeves chant going we got to get a jack reeves chant going and i was like all right let me know. like you come to me we'll do it i'll yell i can be loud on demand mm -hmm. um and then a little later they they came up and they're like we changed our mind we're gonna do this chant we do in england and then they they i was like all right you it's call and response you guys call I'll do the response, you know, like I'll, I'll be on it, make sure we got some volume. Um, people got into it. It was a lot of fun. It was the everywhere we go, you know, yes. people want to know who yes. we are, where we come from. So, we, I mean, it went on and on. It was such a great, like English, you know, European style sports that's not so much a part of moments. Um, you just repeat it and slow it down and speed it up and add in more stomps. Uh, and it was an absolute blast. Such yeah. a good time in the stands. So shout out to those guys. I don't remember their names, uh, but I remember they were friends of Jack Reeves. So a friend of Jack Reeves is a friend of mine. I agree a thousand percent. It was awesome to do that chant. I definitely participated. I noticed that there were more chants definitely from, uh, I want to say, is it section four that you're in or is that uh... – uh, are you six? Uh, other other direction. I'm in seven. Okay, so uh, six. So six six is in between you and me. Right. So five, six, and seven and is where it's five, at. Five, right? That's right. 
Yep. So five, six, and seven is where it's yeah. at. If you want to chant during a game, I've noticed that I've picked up on that. We've got a lot of ruckus people in five, including myself and spider and his whole crew there. So <laughs> um, the chants have increased um, in terms of frequency and people actually uh, doing the chant. So, which is fantastic. We really enjoy that. So make sure that if you're going to the game, Use your voice, man. We, we need your help, and the Free Jacks need your help on the pitch. So, um, and, and that's encouraging that uh, that that took place. And let's continue that, you know, con- throughout the weeks. A lot of them are just easy stuff. You know, it's just typical American like sports chants that we can all get behind, uh, very easy. So, I wanted to before we get into the musket size pants tent, we did receive uh, receive a little letter from uh, Ranger John. So from the the desk of Ranger John. After last week, all of a sudden, there are a decent amount of statistics on the MLR website. Competition drop down. Last choice is player stats. Good to see Free Jack representation there. Bellincana out for, what, two or three weeks, shows back up, scores two tries. The embarrassment of riches keeps shining through. The Hoboken loss was huge for us, and I'll just add in, hilarious too. Um, you love to see New Jersey losing. I don't care regardless of the circumstances, whether it's a lot or a little, it's, it's always a great day when uh, Hoboken RFC loses a game. Yeah. Um, and this was a lot. They got blown out 43 yes. to nothing by yep. LA. It was a significant largest margin, you know, largest loss margin for, you know, their franchise mm-hmm. history. Um, they lost some players early uh, to injury and had to, use a a big chunk of their bench which is just going to kind of put you behind the eight ball in terms of stamina and stuff as the match goes on Mm -hmm. Um, and also la have really hit their stride Um, there's a lot of la's back sort of jokes and memes floating Mm -hmm. around this week and they're the mlr team of the week this this week putting up Uh, that 43 to nothing score will i mean that'll earn your team of the week yeah, when you spank a team that bad, especially um, the New York variety, um, then you're going to get team of the week for sure. Um, and, and the best meme of the week that I saw about that loss was the, they look how they massacred my boy from uh, the uh, the Godfather, which was hilarious. And Morty approves. Yeah. And uh, the Rugby Network just openly roasting New York. Just dancing that way. on was, their grave. Yeah, it was, was fantastic. Really yeah, I agree a thousand percent. Um, also, uh, Ranger John writes, ATL has San Diego and the Gilweenies back to back. I'm hoping for some help there as well. Feeling playoffs, maybe even home field throughout. Uh, we kind of control our own destiny in that regard, although it would have been nice for San Diego to have beaten Austin is what he says there. Um, you know, speaking of playoffs and maybe having home field throughout, I put out today, it's kind of a slow news day uh, for the Jack Stranger show. I happened to throw out there something that I did last year. I had uh, said if we made the playoffs that I would get a tattoo. And I'm just basically saying at this year, at this point this year, if we win the MLR shield, I will get a tattoo. And Dave, you replied to that saying that you will as well. Answered so somewhere baby yeah. let's do it although i would i'm i'm trying i'm brainstorming it might just be a lantern you know i'm 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 thinking though I, i'm trying to come up with a good way to get weird I, maybe a unicorn i don't know Ooh. unicorn with a lantern i don't know we'll see I, i've we'll got see. it now this this is going to be really complicated but uh you got woody on the unicorn <laughs> carrying the lantern 
I think would be amazing with a tricorn oh, hat. That's a lot. We're talking about an <laughs> expensive tattoo now. It is, yeah. But that is that is high quality. That would be sick. That would be sick. Yeah. For sure. All right. All right. We'll see. We'll have to get them together and, and, and film it for the show. I think that'd be hilarious. Maybe do a live podcast. I got a guy in Boston. Amazing. I got perfect. Yeah. Dan yeah. Dan Bythewood at Ghost in the Machine Tattoo in 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 Boston has done has done all my tattoos. He's a great guy. Brilliant. So, I I mean I don't want to count our chickens before they hatch, but I mean yeah, I just want to throw that out there that we will get tattoos <laughs> if they if they win. The right, right. Just casually talking about uh, our championship tattoos. What is that Greek word for you know? It's, it's pink pride. Football. I can't remember hubris something like that yes uh well um, you know what it feels good to be good dave and, and with that let's go to musket size it does it feels tent. real good to be good i mean <laughs> yeah yeah no go ahead sorry uh so reichert hatting is six foot five and 220 pounds from south africa but is now a usa capped eagle former ohio aviator throwing that out uh but has been playing with seattle since 2018 currently the player of the month for mlr and until conradi settles back in is the best eight man in the league right now great player he was neutralized a bit um in seattle's performance against us but you know you see him and you're just like holy crap this dude's unbelievable i'll also say this about uh, they've got a couple players like that. Samu Manoa is another one. You're just like, holy shit, look how big this guy is. And also Ben Landry, former Free Jack. It, it looks like a professional wrestler out there running yeah, around. He's enormous. Yeah. Like, I mean, MLR is full of big guys. I'm sure he's not even the biggest guy. Just people have different body types. And, like, some people just look yep. bigger than other people. And he looks huge he's yoked yes i mean like his shoulder musculature is is enormous yeah. that's probably a lot of what it is it just makes him look like a giant for sure all right let's move into mvp and i'll let you go first my friend yeah my mvp um it has got to be for this match bodine waka i think his kicking was really really excellent as always um he has managed uh, the team really well. We were playing against a very good defense, which requires a lot of a lot of work and management out of the ten. Um, he also organized, you know, he he organized a good defensive effort to keep um, Seattle from producing uh, as as many points as they needed to win. So I'm going to go with Bodine Waka for MVP um, and cap caps off going into this bye week just an incredible first half of the season for waka overall absolutely i i will say that that is an excellent pick but it's not the same one that i made um, <laughs> but i'm staying in the back uh i'm staying in the back line here paula bellincana is a monster in human clothing ladies and gentlemen last year he led the league in missed tackles he is a nightmare with ball in hand he can outpace you or just run you over the dude is a problem on the wing he bagged himself two tries against seattle and as well it's the well-deserved storm along mvp of the week for myself um bagging two tries is going to get my attention to begin with um but man, he's so good. And again, he's a matchup problem with him out on the wing where he can just run over people. Normally guys like, you know, I'm not just talking about professional rugby, but just club rugby. Let's, let's start there. You know, the wing is like the smallest guy on the team. They're normally pretty skinny, but they're fast as hell. He is not skinny. 
he's just pure muscle, but he can blow past you or he can just run you over. So um, super amazing performance by Bell and Kana. Um, you know, TK mentioned uh, with you and I that he should have signed him two years ago. He was foolish for not doing that. Somebody told him to do it and he didn't. The guy went to Houston and then, you know, played extremely well, but I'm so glad he's a free Jack. Yeah. Uh, great pick. Great game. Uh, cool to see him hit his uh, stride. For sure. Uh, it was quite, quite slowly. So, a lot of guys put their put their hand up this week. Mm-hmm. Joe Johnston had that amazing intercept try. Yes, he did. Uh, no, yeah. sorry, not try, but uh, intercept run. Yes. When he when he um, came in. You know, talk about settling any questions about whether he his knee was 100. Yep. percent I mean, he his acceleration, top speed, everything was quite there. Uh, mm-hmm. He got he got the ball. Actually, it wasn't an intercept. I think he literally he ripped robbed it away a guy from who was stood up. Yeah, somebody got it. stood up, and he and maybe even by him, and he just ripped it, ripped yeah. the ball out of their hands, yep. and was gone. I mean, yep. he covered at least 40 maybe 50 yards of the field he sure did yeah like that just running a 40 yard dash essentially just absolutely great so yeah. a lot of good performances i think we have good picks for our mvps um feel so good about this team <laughs> yeah me too man uh winning is fun confirmed verified winning is fun let's not you know, sit here and say, oh, ho-hum, you know, it's no big deal. We're winning again. Like, let's really cherish this, guys. I'm not Absolutely. just talking about Dave. I'm talking about everybody that's listening, all the Rangers out there. Wins are hard to come by in this league. Just look at Utah. This is a team that last year, if I recall correctly, they were in the finals against the Gilweenies, and now they have really crashed big time. I think they've won two or three games at the most this year. So, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen to the Jacks. I feel very confident in this organization. But, it, it, you know, you're a star one, you know, year and the next year you can be a nobody unfortunately in in this league where there's so much parody and stuff like that so really cherish the wins as we're going through them this year guys yeah the tables can turn quickly so right um, but it- i agree gratitude is huge and grateful to the players um especially for the effort they've put in so far this half season it's clear to the fans how hard you guys are working yes so keep it up and we uh we appreciate you for sure All right, on that note, we're going to exit our Seattle review. Uh, And I've got one word for everybody out there. Rangers, wherever you are, you know, say it with us in three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am joined by the Outriders here. We've got Dave McVeigh and Chris Lynn Bozo from a fort somewhere undetermined here. <laughs> How you guys doing? How y'all, how y'all boys doing? Doing very well. Really excited to uh, be here. Take a look at our New England Free Jacks as they stand at the midpoint in the season. Should be a lot of fun. I'm doing really well out here in Texas. That's uh, good, good. <laughs> that is jabroni country out there in Texas. So be careful out there, Chris. 
Um, all right. All so right. basically what we're going to be doing here for the mid-season special is we had these, um, these, these discussions and picks that we made at the preseason uh, prior to the season getting started. So we're just kind of re-examine those and talk about a couple of things and also award some mid-season awards for the, the boys. The Free Jacks have been really impressive this year, so we've got some awards to give out for them at the end of this little segment. So let's jump right into it. In terms of the mid-season special, the debut of Feels Good to Be Good was on the preseason episode and also Get Your Ass to the Playoffs, if you guys recall. We had a lot of questions in terms of the new coaching staff, the center positions, and away performance. So I'm going to tackle these um, and feel free to jump in, guys, if, uh, if you would like. What I have here is uh, we've been really impressive in terms of the coaching staff. They've been I've been really impressed with both of the full-time head coaches. I think Scott Matthew has proven in MLR that he truly is a giant killer. All you have to do is look at the stats in terms of who we've beaten. So he's slain Austin, Atlanta, and New Jersey so far this season. All of these teams could be in the playoffs uh, if it were to be. If they would definitely be in the playoffs if the playoffs were today, um, but they will probably be there at the end of the season if I had to put money on it. I think it's very important that uh, we're, they, both of these full-time coaches are available at all times, essentially at headquarters. There's no like long commutes like there was last year for the part-time uh, assistant coaches coming out. I think one of them was actually living uh, in Hanover, which is where Dartmouth College is in New Hampshire, not exactly close uh, close to the Boston area. So it's, it's pretty cool to have both of these guys who are different nationalities kind of bouncing ideas off of each other. So I think they've been very successful with the, these coaching hires. Any input from you guys? Yeah, I think that um, Scott Matthews proven to be a really, really excellent head coach. Uh, we've seen the team develop in a number of areas. Uh, their attack is really crisp. Um, their game plan and game management, I think, is really good. It was something that was uh, pretty good last season, um, but last season was characterized more by an ability to kind of scrap and stay in games, um, often coming from behind for wins. And this season, we've seen them transition really to a team that often um, seems to be in the driver's seat in the matches that they're playing. And I think that, uh, <clears throat> you know, an evolved game plan is probably a big part of that. Um, and then the benefits of having Mike Rogers as a full-time assistant, uh, I think we're really seeing that uh, he's been able to offer specialized coaching to players like Kyle Sakara and Cam Davidowitz, who, um, you know, I mean, they were coached last season under Ryan Martin, but uh, he is somebody who is, you know, as his new specialization as an attack coach shows, um, you know, is maybe a little bit more of an offensive skill set in terms of what he brings to the table. And having Mike Rogers as uh, a dedicated, and he just only has so much time when there's only one, you know, uh, full-time coach. So having Mike Rogers be able to give that scrum coaching to Kyle and, you know, that uh, breakdown coaching to Cam that's really bringing him to the level that we're seeing, I think is, is a huge benefit and one one place where we can really appreciate having that team of coaches is in how they've been developing some of the American players. Anything yeah. to add, Bozo? Uh, yeah, the only thing I got to add to that um, was I just really am impressed with the personnel management. Um, mm -hmm. 
the personnel management, all you know, starting finishers, specifically highlighting the, the game against the Tabronis and having it work out, um, plugging all those players in. Uh, we didn't miss a beat. We looked like a just as good a team, um, even though that's not the side that we've been running out as the first 15 every week. Yeah. So the personnel management, I think, is the key. And that's I probably an often overlooked uh, part of, I guess, coaching, right, yeah. is, the, is the team management. And I think that that's uh, been wonderfully done. So, yeah. Man, I, I couldn't agree more on that. As somebody that plays FIFA religiously, squad rotation is very important in that uh, that video game. Um, so I, I guess uh, Scott Matthew also agrees that uh, squad rotation in real life is also very important. So you want to keep your guys fresh. And that seemed like a huge gamble at the time, but boy, did that pay off. I mean, we look like geniuses, or not we, but you know Scott Matthew and the boys <laughs> for the Free Jacks, they look like geniuses uh, when they pulled that off uh, with that win down there in Austin against a very good opponent in the jabronis i did want to take a moment and say that i am drinking storm along unfiltered which you can get at fort quincy by the way uh guys i would highly recommend trying this out if you haven't at fort quincy they sell it there for only five dollars which i mean for a sporting event in 2022 is a hell of a deal um, let's jump over to the center position as uh, you know was a question mark coming into the season this area yeah, has I, been I've... yes go ahead I was just gonna say uh, about Stormalong, the five dollars Stormalongs. I put a couple pictures from the match on uh, up on the Boston subreddit, trying to kind of promote the team a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know the pictures of the double rainbow are pretty amazing, so I figured yes. that would play well even to a general crowd, and it did. Uh, but there were some great comments from people who were there too, and one of the uh, one of the top comments was somebody saying the alcohol prices really quite reasonable <laughs> how often do you run into that at a sporting right. event so i thought oh, that was sure. very on brand both for rugby and for boston that you know the the fan focus but i mean it means people are noticing that things yes. are you know running well over at a uh, veterans memorial absolutely inflation proof <laughs> right yes how about that but um just keep in mind guys we are having some uh, internet connection issues so let's be try to be mindful of that um this area has been a very pleasant surprise the center position that is larue milan chris's boy has quickly established himself as one of the best centers in mlr racking up tries and also making things happen in the back line wayne vanderbank uh, was delayed getting into the country but has since his debut has settled into that 13 jersey and is really showing signs of life out there. And I will also note that Jack Rees has been very good when we've seen him. Unfortunately, he's had a bit of injuries, uh, you know, issues so far, but also a very promising young center that the Free Jacks have for not just this year, but next year as well, based on that loan agreement with Gloucester. What do you guys got for the centers? Yeah, these guys have come in and really – lit things up uh i said before the season started that one of these two is going to be everybody's new favorite player we just didn't know who yet and i was wrong because it's like both of them i've seen a lot of response positively to uh both larue milan and wayne vanderbank um they prove to complement each other really well um they work as a defensive unit really positively and are a big part of the kind of shutdown defense that the free jacks have been running um they're both very physical it's really really fun to watch both of them with the ball and on defense um wayne vanderbank in particular is just one of those guys 
who, you know, the first time you tackle him in a match, you realize this guy is going to do everything he can to, you know, murder you and get away right. every time you come in contact with him. There are zero easy tackles. Uh, um, he makes everybody work so hard for it. He is always keeping his legs pumping, trying to shift away from the tackle. And if you slip even for a second, you know, he's gone. He's off like a rocket. Uh, really, really a great uh, two fantastic signings. Well done to TK and the team in the office, uh, bringing in these guys who have been a big part of the incredible start to the season that the Free Jacks have had. Yeah, they seem to have, have uh, linked up really, really well. Uh, I'm most impressed uh, with them defensively. Uh, Dave, you had mentioned that. Um, I just think that they play really well and the physicality um, that, that is needed in the midfield in the modern game, you know what I'm saying, with, with the style of attacking setups, the whole like one three three one or 2 4 2 or whatever, with having a lot of forwards stacked in the midfield, you're going to need a center uh, that can hold up to that and tackle some of the bigger boys out there. And they've done a really good job. And they also play smart. Um, we've seen the Free Jacks kind of, uh, they like to play that rush defense. And, you know, you need to make your tackles and play smart and play together and stay connected. Uh, right. Like when I, when I coach rugby myself, like it's defense, it's, you know, get together, get connected, go forward. Right. And so they do that really well. And it's, it's been great for us in the midfield and, and then an attack, uh, just simply put, they, they seem to have been gelled, they gelled really quickly and that's huge. Um, and so I'm looking forward to the second half of the season as they continue to, to build on that relationship. Yeah, this was a position of concern, you know, that we identified in the preseason because none of the starters returned for this team. And I think that's the only position that really had that type of turnover. So it was definitely a glaring thing that we had to underline in the preseason. But I'm pleasantly surprised. I mean, it's really impressive. Let's move over to the away performance. So what I wrote down with this is, you know, what a difference a year makes. We're nine games into this campaign, and the Free Jacks have played six away games so far. That's going to happen every single year, guys. I'm going to tell you that right now. But winning five of them is really impressive. Um, this is the stuff dreams are made of, I guess you could say. Uh, you could make an argument that so far – they look better on the road than they do at home in some aspect, which is kind of a head scratcher, but really interesting because we were so concerned about the away performance last year and what it would look like this year. Uh, let's not forget that the poor away form really kept the Jacks out of the playoffs last year, and they've really turned it around. Dave, what you got? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's so clear cut. I feel like there's not a lot of analysis to do. Um, they really have turned it around. Like you said, they're winning on the road, uh, going and taking huge victories off of teams like Austin and Atlanta, um, and really proving that uh, home or away, um, they can tangle with, with absolutely anybody. It's been really cool. Yeah, I've also been very, very impressed with the away performances. And, you know, let us not forget, I'm now, if I'm remembering correctly, could be wrong here, going to need a fact check, but I'm pretty sure uh the LA Giotinis are undefeated since since their win over us uh, that started their current win streak and we had to pick them up going across the country and being away on the road every single week and they were coming off of their bye week and that's our lone loss and it's and we didn't get blown out um 43 to nothing either <laughs> over <laughs> uh, <laughs> shots fired uh, yeah so 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's a pretty impressive performance either way. You're always going to get a team's best shot when they're fresh off the bye week. Still, it was the early season bye week, too. Uh, so I'm still impressed with the performance and, and the loss. Uh, and so really doing well overall with the team, I think. Couldn't agree more, man. It's it's looking good for us. I mean, we still got, you know, a uh, little over less than a half a season to go here, but looking real good for the Free Jacks. It's, it's, uh, it doesn't suck uh, to be a Free Jacks fan at this point. So let's talk about, um, you know, we did make some uh, predictions about who we think would be the leading try scorer, the points leader, uh, most tackle breaks, and most looking forward to retained and new signings and the most valuable player. So we will go through each of these. We predicted this stuff in the preseason. We're halfway through the season so we just want to check in on that so for my leading try score i picked dougie fife and of course i think uh the unjust three game suspension really you know knocked him off of his groove there at the beginning of the season i really think that hampered him a little bit with this type of um trying to get as many tries as possible um, but I will say it's really nice that we have multiple guys that can be relied upon to score tries. It's not just a one-man show. Dougie can focus on his defensive efforts at 15, and, and you know he's kicking a little bit too, and, and obviously running with the ball, not scoring as many tries as we would have hoped. But you know, it, you know, when you're out for three games, it doesn't help at all with that sort of stuff. Yeah, and he's been an important element in, in more tries than he scored. You mm-hmm. know, yep. uh, Slade's try from this past weekend was That's set right. up on like you know a really great run, assisted, hold by on the defense, yeah. you know, fix the defender and make the pass mm-hmm. um, from Dougie. So, yep. you know, he's not always dotting him down, but he's he's making himself felt out there. Um, I had picked Harry Barlow for the top try scorer. Um, Harry's been great, uh, been in and out of the lineup a little bit. They have a little bit of an embarrassment of riches in the wings, you know? Um, and, uh, I don't think that we are going to see him back anytime soon with the injury he picked up, um, against new Orleans, but, uh, we'll see who emerges. I like, I agree with you that it's great to see the tries spread out across the team, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it speaks to the kind of gameplay that we are bringing each week that we have Slade with five, we have Bodine with five, and then, you know, kind of a distribution among a lot of other players under that. Um, Yeah, good to see. Yeah, I think I had picked uh, LaRue Milan to be the leading try scorer based off of the highlights that I had watched online. Um, And... You know, I picked him because in those highlights that I had seen from him, he, he seemed to pick clever line, running lines. And mm-hmm. I thought that that was going to be a lot more of an impact uh, than it was. It's not to say that it hasn't been, um, but I think he's more of like kind of crashing it up and kind of style um, a little bit. Um, but he, had, he did pick a clever line against Atlanta off the line out that went in for the try. Mm-hmm. So yes. yeah, he's, I, I just don't think he's, you know, just the way that the team, the other the other talented players, uh, the offense just isn't going to run through him, which is yeah. fine. But I was thinking that it might. I was wrong on that. It's still a great play. <laughs> no, dude. You, you, I mean, we didn't really know anything about him. I didn't look into his highlights or anything. I was just looking at the resume, the write-up on this kid, and I was just like, okay, he's going to be a good depth guy for us. But this dude, I mean, I, he's a lot of people's favorite player right now. So that's, that says a lot about LaRue Milan and his the impact that he's had on this team. People really like what he's been doing. So, uh, And, of course, Harry Barlow, we're wishing him the best of luck. It uh, looks like a long-term injury for him, unfortunately. Um, after that car crash type of um, incident 
incident uh, injury that he had, not this past week, but the one before. So uh, rest up, Harry. We, we're going to miss you all in this lineup for sure. Let's talk about points leader. So I predicted that it would be Bodine Waka at the end of the year and then midseason. I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> Our guy is currently second in point scoring in the entire league with 85 points, second only to San Diego's uh, fly half Joe <laughs> Peterson with 95. I was hoping that he would be good, but I didn't realize that he would be great, which he is. And that's, of course, Bodine Walker that I'm referring to. Walker is having an amazing year, and the Jacks are flying high because of it. He really makes everything go in the back line, and I'm so, so excited to have him as not just the the the, the offensive fly half that he is, but also the kicker, the conversion kicker when he's on the field and that sort of stuff. So he's racking up the points for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I also picked Waka. Um, I agree with what you said. He's just been tremendous. His kicking and his attack, um, his support lines in the counterattack. Uh, and I will add to that, his tackling is just a joy to watch. Um, there's there's a lot of really good tacklers on the Free Jacks. Um, and he is one of the most poetic. You know, he he really, his ability to read, read players and make tackles in the open field. Um, super, super cool. Something to keep an eye out on. Doesn't do it as much from fly half as he did it. Um, when he was playing fullback last season, but he still gets a few chances when he's back there covering kicks now and again to just run somebody down like a wolf. And uh, it's pretty entertaining. Yeah. And of course, uh, everyone will remember I picked Milan as a try score. So naturally he would have been my points leader. Right. Uh, whiffed on that one. Still a fantastic rugby player. Uh, super, super proud of him, but not, not my best pick for being point score. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, speaking of not best picks, uh, we're coming up to most tackle <laughs> breaks, where, by the way, if you guys remember on the Scrum of the Earth podcast, I picked Mitch Wilson and then overthought that and said Regan O'Gorman. So what I have written down here is I will go ahead and say that both Mitch Wilson and Regan O'Gorman were not the best picks here. Wilson has been a selection nightmare this season in terms of forcing his way into the lineup and into the hearts of Jacks fans everywhere with his amazing performance in performances and Regan has uh, started at certain points of the year and he's been valuable as the lock on the bench you always want to have one on the bench in case of injury or somebody needs to come off uh, in that position uh, he's there for depth at this point uh, but neither one are going to dazzle for most tackle breaks <laughs> and I am embarrassed <laughs> yeah I I picked Paulo Balacana and he's been in and out of the lineup with a, he picked up a little bit of an injury yeah. uh, came back and hadn't been running guys over like he had done a little bit last season in, in uh, Houston. That might've been an artifact of him being one of the only tools in their toolbox. who was really very effective. So they really did work to get in the ball last year. Um, he, he can play a little bit more of a team role this year, but, uh, boy, he had two great tries, including some tackle breaks, team role maneuvers, uh, this past week. So I think that he knew we were going to talk about him in this yeah. context and he just yep. went out there and, uh, you know, went and made sure against Seattle that he had a couple really prominent tackle breaks so that we didn't forget. Yeah, it was too easy to pick Paul Balacana for a tackle breaks uh, on this one. I remember on the previous episode, me and Dave kind of chuckling on the episode because it's like, who else are we going to pick, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, for all the same reasons. I mean, the guy's a bowling ball out there. He's going to bounce a couple of people, and it's, it's great to have wings like that. 
So look forward to seeing him more on the pitch. Uh, he hasn't been on the, on the pitch uh, as, as often as I thought he would be this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all right, because as you mentioned, we're spoiled for selections. Uh, so looking forward to seeing more of him, though. Speaking of looking forward to, so the most looking forward to in terms of retained, I picked Joe Johnson in the preseason. Joe has been a, he's had a consistent season so far. Dude is an absolute warrior. Um, He came off the pitch injured in uh, the game that was before Seattle uh, against NOLA, and we didn't think he'd be back, but he seems to be okay. And I tell you what, he's just an absolute beast. He's in the top three uh, for the entire league in tackles made. He's tough as as nails, which is exactly what you want from a flanker. I'm still hopeful that we will see him in a USA Eagles jersey sometime soon. He absolutely would be a starter, I think, um, or at least on the bench there in the 23 for the Eagles. Yeah, agreed. Um, I picked Josh Larson, uh, talked a little bit about his leadership abilities, stuff we don't see um, at the game. And uh, I feel pretty good about that. I think that the captaincy and the leadership that he has brought has to be viewed as a component of the success of the team this season. Um, and in addition to that, Josh has done a a great job around the pitch. Um, I love watching the big guys use the size and he's, he's good at it in many contexts. Um, played very well in New York, uh, when we were there, for example, he's had a couple games where he really, um, has put out huge efforts. Um, and he is another guy, uh, toward the top of the tackle list going before this previous game, he was number three. Um, when you had free jacks at one, two, and three, Josh Larson was three, um, Johnston one, right, and Slade two. That's the other Slade, way around. Other way around, Slade one and Johnston two. Um, <clears throat> so the three of them, one, two, three. So Larson putting in a ton of work, um, you know, on top of the you know leadership duties and you know team culture stuff that he he also does. And additionally. You know, he's really he's really funny. He's he's a great guy. All his <laughs> interviews are great. You know, yep. you can see why he's a captain when you you know you see him talking after games and see him doing the media stuff that he does for the team. Um, just uh, a great leader. Really happy to have him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cheated on this one if I remember correctly. I picked like Waka Johnston, the entire middle of the field. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, You're just excited. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But you know what? Uh, I, I just wanted to re, re go over. I mean, how good has our 9, 10, 15 been mm-hmm. right up yeah. the pipe? I, I know we didn't retain Holden Younger. We added him to the squad. Mm-hmm. But having him and retaining Poland, you know, we have two very strong nines. Walker's been playing is out of his mind at 10. And then Mitch Wilson covered amazingly for Dougie Fife in his absence. Mm-hmm. So we've been really strong right up the middle of the field. It showed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason why we're, we have that's a large part of the reason why we have the record that we do. Uh, so, yeah, pretty pretty proud as punch uh, as, as the captain. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Of, of, of cheating on those picks. A lot of those guys, friends of the show too, which is always nice. You know, uh, a lot of those guys that we've listed here have been on this show and, and been very gracious of their time with us and stuff like that. So let's talk about the new guys. Um, so who were we most looking forward to in the preseason? I picked Jack Reeves, and I'll say that I think a lot of my English heritage and bias came into this. Um, he used to, he was he came from Gloucester, which is the only professional rugby specific stadium that I've ever been to, is in Gloucester, UK. Um, 
Jack has some has had some solid minutes for the Jacks this season. He has had some injury issues, but all in all, I'm impressed with what I've seen so far. He's only 21 years old, guys, just like Harry Barlow. And this is the first of two seasons that he'll be spending in New England per the loan deal. I'm curious to see what he can do if he can stay healthy and then become a consistent starter in this team. I think he's super talented. You know, getting a guy from the Gloucester Academy, you know you're going to have somebody special and they just need to, you know, maybe needs a little bit more time to, to settle in and, and avoid those injuries. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Um, I picked Jesse Peretti, a big man out of New Zealand. Uh, with a pretty great resume. We didn't get a chance to see him at the beginning of the season. We don't know exactly why he was sidelined, you know, the vague injury. Um, There's no medical reports, obviously, or anything in MLR, so we just kind of have to scratch our heads. But um, he has started to make his way into the lineup, first as a sub for a couple matches, and then starting last week, and has done, I'd say, a really great job in that time. He's really seemed to, with each appearance, he seemed more comfortable and, and to be playing a little bit more naturally, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense. It's hard to make an entry into a season that's already, you know, five weeks uh, running. So uh, he's shown some of the physicality that he's known for. He's shown some of the willingness to get in and mix it up you know, with the other team that he's known for. Um, And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings for the rest of the season as well. And if we get to see a little bit of that utility, we've seen him at eight. Be curious if we see him in other places or if he's viewed uh, by the coaches as a dedicated eight. Um, It's just my my own curiosity. So we'll see how that plays out as the season moves on. Yeah, and then... How good how good was my pick and ended up being I guess this guy slayed the cow, man. Yeah, you hit the grand slam. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I love watching this guy play. Uh he is an absolute animal. Uh obviously, I don't know him personally. He seems like a nice guy off the pitch, but when he gets in between those touch lines, the switch flips, and you know, seeing this guy win a penalty, I don't know. Sometimes you can catch him, he's just like, I don't know if he's laughing. He he probably is, we can't hear him, but he just he gives the team the other smirk and just like he just seems like that player on the other team that's always getting under your skin because mm-hmm. he's beating you everywhere. He's beating you inside, he's beating you outside. I think it was against Toronto. He broke like seven tackles. It was unbelievable. <laughs> um, yes. you know, hey, listen, a little bit disappointed with his penalty count, but are you a good flanker if you're not racking up some right. uh, some of the wrong ways, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. credit, you know, as they say, if you're not cheating, you ain't trying. So huge hard on him too. He plays a lot of minutes. Um, I think he's up there with Johnston and um, and Josh Larson with tackles as well. Yes, uh, yeah, lead leader, an animal number one. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he is the lead. He is yeah. the lead. Last week, at least, I haven't seen the stats since the. You know, they've had one more week to, you know, mix things oh, up. Right, right. But going into this past match, he was the. Yeah, he was he was the leader. Yeah, and then uh, I don't know his age, but I think he's still a, a young lad as well. Early twenties, mid twenties. Either way. I look forward to seeing him time and again. So, yeah. Yeah. I will say this about Slade as I'm looking this stuff up. He's, uh, by the way, he's 23 years old, which is incredible. (laughs) I mean, it still has a lot of years to get better and and really um, uh, hone his craft in rugby. But 
Yeah, I've told this story on the show before, so a lot of people are going to be like, God, why is he saying this again? But um, Slade uh, was one of the guys that came over to Dave and I during their theme party and really talked to us quite a bit and like was very listened intently and was very interested in what we had to say. So uh, I, I, that will always stick with me uh, with Slade Wilson. He didn't know us from a hole in the ground and, and really um, made us feel welcome there. And, and it was really cool, you know, so. <clears throat> yeah, right. Slade's, Slade's a great guy. So uh, we're running out of time here, so let's kind of move a little bit quicker if we can. We've got most valuable player that we predict in the preseason. My predict is a prediction is looking pretty good right now. Bodine Waka, what more do I need to say? The guy's money. Yeah, he he really is um, playing fantastically. We talked about him already a little bit. Uh, all the things he's doing well. I picked Joe Johnston for mm-hmm. my MVP. Um, I think he is having a fantastic season he's showing uh the work rate that we always knew he had the physicality and the iq that we always knew he had um and we're also seeing just how tough he is this season as well yeah. uh guys made out of you know nails and poured concrete yeah i picked joe johnson as well if you get the reference this guy is, is like greg jennings he's putting the team on his back but he's doing it for the free jacks so if you get the reference good for you uh yeah looking forward to seeing him in the second half hopefully he stays healthy all right so that concludes our check-in with the um mid-season predictions from the preseason i guess uh the best way to describe that now let's talk about mid-season awards we've got three awards that we want to give out here the storm along mid-season awards by the way (laughs) so the first mid-season awards i want to talk about mvp uh, so, um, you know, basically we're going to describe who we think is the midseason MVP for the Free Jacks. My pick is Waka is tied at five tries scored, which is tied for fourth place in the entire league. Also, Waka is third in the league in kicking meters at 2,295 currently. And the preseason, I said that he, uh, that, you know, Waka will be the, um, the overall entire season MVP. I'm sticking with that. Um, he, he as he goes, we go as a team, I think, for the Free Jacks. And so far, we've gone really far with Waka leading the, the charge. Yeah, um, I have to pick Waka as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the things you said are true. He has really been key to the success of the team. We've had a lot of great performances. That's what it takes to start a season eight and one, right? Like no one guy could have yeah. done it. But when you really drill down on what MVP means, you know, what player is the linchpin of the team offensively and defensively who, you know, is irreplaceable um, and is doing something that that nobody else really can do. And I think that has to be Bodine Waka. Yeah, I mean, between the both of you, I can't, I, this one's a clean sweep. Right? There's <laughs> nice. not much left. Yeah. There's not much meat left on the bone for me to say. Mm-hmm. The guy keeps the scoreboard ticking over. He keeps the fans on their feet, and he keeps the boys pumped up in the sheds. What else could you ask for from your MVP? Wow. Uh, clean sweep, as uh, Bozo was talking about here for midseason MVP. Uh, I just wonder, I mean, obviously we're talking about him being invaluable and irreplaceable. 
what happens when he goes down? I, I, I really think that every other position we'd be okay, but I wonder about that 10 jersey. So that will hopefully – I'm knocking on wood right now that that does not happen. But he's our guy for sure as midseason MVP. Let's move on to midseason most improved. Now, I'm not just talking from the beginning of the season. We could even carry over retained players from last year. And with that in mind, my most improved, my Storm Along most improved, is Kyle the Eagle Sequera, a New England native, a fan favorite, and college All-American. He's not just all marketing guys. The nickname is awesome, but Kyle is a legit rugby player, and he has put in some time and energy in becoming what we're seeing now, which is a four-game straight starter in this league. I'm super proud of what he's accomplished so far and can't wait to see what happens for the rest of the season for our boy, the Eagle. Yeah, great shout um, <clears throat> Kyle's been fantastic. I went ahead and picked Cam Davidowitz, another okay. local guy, done well. Um, Cam is somebody who has worked his way from the past season to this season, basically from you know kind of more the a practice and development guy to now he is getting starts and really making himself known out there. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure he has improved a lot in that time. I think a lot of it also is just he's gotten a shot. You talk to people who played with Cam and Coach Cam, which are not that hard to find in the Boston rugby area, um, and they'll tell you that you know they knew he was going to be the real deal. You know, as soon as he signed his first contract with the Free Jacks, that he was going to make it onto the squad and play at this level. So those people would probably tell me he hasn't improved; he's just been noticed. You know, or maybe he has proven himself. Right. Um, but I, I'm going to give it to Cam. I think it's a really great story. And um, he's really lighting things on fire on the pitch. Yeah, Cam gets a, a second vote from me. Uh, just, you know, I was never a personal friend of Cam. We did not attend Plymouth State at the same time, but I played against him in a couple of alumni games. Uh, and he was a man-child from the start. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he was a senior in high school the first time I played against him in a Plymouth State alumni game because his older brother Cody was a current student at the time. Right. And so I just watched his evolution from, you know, basically being a boy into like a man child and now he was grown ass man. And, uh, you know, now that he's gotten some exposure to a professional system and some real high level coaching, uh, you just all that raw talent come to fruition. Uh, and so I think this guy's the limit. And honestly, I hope to see him in a USA jersey someday, but um, he's having an outstanding season. So, Excellent. All right. Uh, let's move on finally here to best new I'm... signing. Oh, there we go. Um, so what I had listed here is Slade McDowell is tied with Walker at five tries scored. Good for fourth overall in the entire league. The first in the league in made tackles at 109, or excuse me, 165. The top three, by the way, in tackles made are all free jacks, as we've also discussed uh, throughout this episode here. So Slade McDowell gets my uh, storm along best news signing. Yeah, this was a little bit tough. Um, I wrestled with a few different players, really thought about Wayne Vanderbank. I think maybe if he'd been here from the start of the season, I I, I would be giving it to him. But I'm going to give it to Slade as well to make that many tackles, to score that many tries. Um, I mean, and not to mention just the, the work he does at the breakdown. Um, he's always hunting for work and he does a good job of it. Uh, to say the least. So Slade McDowell for me. 
yeah, it's going to be a clean sweep uh, for Mr. McDowell. It's nice. hard to ignore. It's hard to ignore everything that he's done. I mean, it's not actually it's not hard. It's impossible. You can't ignore him. He won't be ignored. Yeah. <laughs> so he's just getting it done all over the pitch. Uh, so that's yeah. I think that enough has been said about his accolades. He's doing real well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, you know, in terms of just closing up shop on the best new signing, what an amazing job that TK has done to bring in these new acquisitions into the team. There was a lot of turnover in the Free Jacks. There was a lot of question marks with these guys that we weren't really familiar with that came into the squad, but he's absolutely hit a home run. The team is so much better because of it. The depth on this team is is unbelievable. Teams envy our depth for sure. Um, so finally, any final thoughts for the overall midseason special that we're doing here with the Outriders in one minute and 40 seconds, anybody want to throw in something real quick? Just what a tremendous job that these guys have done top to bottom, the mm -hmm. organization, uh, st office staff, coaches, players, incredibly impressed. And I think the league has taken notice too. Um, you know, uh, people I see just on social media routinely pointing out the Free Jacks as just an exemplary organization for what MLR can be between the festivals and the mm -hmm. match day experience um, and the actual product they put on the field and just actually caring about the values of rugby. Yeah, the only thing I'll say is the, the fans that listen to the show, I'll see at the matches that I look forward to seeing you. And then for the players that listen to the show, I love watching you guys play it. I can't wait for the second half. Let's go. All right, so to get out of here in three, two, one, huzzah! Huzzah! huzzah. Woo! All right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Continue to provide five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you do listen to this show. And one of the main things is when we post our graphics on social media, make sure you're liking those and commenting and getting the conversation started with regard to the graphics. We appreciate everybody that does that. Thank you for hanging in there with us, riding along. Together we ride. Did want to get out of here with an American Revolutionary War history on this day at Brest, France, Commander John Paul Jones and his crew aboard the USS Ranger left port to head to the Irish Sea to raid British warships. And the quote of the day is from John Paul Jones, I have not yet begun to fight. So this has been a very good episode here, episode 36, Brave Hearts, presented by Storm Along American Hard Cider. So unfortunately, we've got the bye week, guys. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of us are going to be watching rugby um, for the other teams. But uh, yeah, just kind of like this empty, lonely feeling. But uh, hopefully we'll, you know, get, get over it pretty quick. And we do have our away trip down to New Jersey next week. So hope to see a lot of the rangers down there i'm hoping for at least 40 of us loud and proud down there in hoboken the home of the semi-finalists aka the dirt peckers should be a good time those expeditionary forces are always loud and proud for our free jacks so yeah it should be a great time and then of course we'll be back at port quincy before you know it so saddle up let's ride huzzah woo go free jacks <laughs>